0: One of the things in life that all of us um, deal with uh, is transitions. Um, we all go through them. Um, sometimes they come more rapidly than others. Sometimes, uh, we may feel like we're suffocating because we haven't had a transition in so long. Um, but for the most part, uh, life is just kind of one transition time after another. Um, obviously we are in one of those times now as a church, but tonight is not really necessary about our our transition as a church. Um, There will be some tie-ins, yes, but I I don't want you to just take this as an address about the state of the church or, you know, of our church or whatever. Um, I think there are a lot of personal applications that we can find when we look at um, going through times of transition. Um, Our church making a transition with location with a number of, of things that are just going to be different over here that we're going to have to figure out, you know, um, the, the travel time is different. The ar- arrival time is different. Where you sit is different. Uh, some of you, some of you have managed to find your exact location, uh, <laughs> as in the gym, which is awesome, but I can see you like get here early and plot it out, you know, and count the number of rows back six in that's me. Uh, and, um, there's just a number, a lot, just lots of things are going to be different. Um, some of you um, are in times of transition just in your life. Maybe it's your job. Um, maybe you're transitioning out of one job into another. Maybe you're transitioning out of one job into the great unknown of employment. Um, you know, maybe you're looking or whatever. Maybe within your current job, you've to take on some new responsibilities or something like that. Um, Maybe your family is transitioning. If you've got little kids, maybe they're entering the terrible twos or the terrible eights um, or whatever, um, the terrible fill-in-the-blank. Um, maybe your kids are, are just growing so fast, you almost don't know what to do, you know? Um, you don't know what to do with the fact that one minute your teenager thinks you're great, and the next minute they think that you're the devil, you know? Uh, they're, they're, and they're, they're just changing constantly, and you don't know what to do, and it's like your whole family is transitioning around the uh, growth of your kids. Um, maybe, maybe you, are, um, you are, are transitioning from dating to being engaged to being married. Maybe that's one of those things for you. Uh, maybe you have just graduated from high school, just graduated from college. Um, you know, I mean, I could just keep going on and on and on. There are just so many times where we go through things and things have to be, they're just so different. And, and really, like, two or three times a year... People will come in and, um, well, not just one person, like several. It's just throughout the year. I get this conversation. Um, like, yeah, like, uh, I, used, I have, like, these, these friends, and we we're, like, really tight. And now, like, they're all, like, moving, you know. They're, they're getting married, and they're moving, or their jobs are moving them different places or whatever. And I look around, and I don't know what to do, you know. Everything I've built my life around, all my social norms, uh, everything, everything about life is completely different. And I, it's just kind of freaking me out. Um, we're going to go through those things constantly. And so we can let it get the best of us and freak out every couple of months and go through all this, you know, whatever. Or, um, or we can let God show us what's really going on. And so here in Joshua chapter 1, we have... Uh, the, the israelites if we could bring the house lights up um you might notice that there are no um home depot work lights shining off of any walls uh or anything like that there are, look at that see now you can read your, you can see the bible in front of you it's awesome um and uh what, what we have here joshua chapter one um moses uh led the israelites uh, out of slavery they um uh, had all the stuff that they went through, uh, and everything's just just amazing, but they 're headed to the promised land that was that was the big deal getting to the land that God had promised to give them, and uh, he would establish them as a nation in this particular piece of land. Moses had been their leader from the beginning they had um, watched Moses, they had followed him, they had um, uh, turned their backs on him at time they had questioned his leadership they had blamed him for stuff, whatever, but the bottom line is Moses followed God, and when Moses followed God, everything worked out the way it needed to, and the, the people of Israel, by this point, after all the ups and downs, they, I mean, Moses was their leader, you know, there's all this faith in him and, in his, and in his ability to be led by God, and um, Moses messed up and was not allowed to enter into the promised land, um, and that's a big, long story. I used to think that God was really mean by that, but it turns out he's, he's right, <laughs> of course. And uh, so um, Moses was not able to enter into the promised land, but, but God let him see it. And so at the, like, you turn back a page, and you see Moses gets to look over and gets to see the land and all this kind of stuff, and then he dies, all right? So Moses has died. Joshua was his right-hand man. Now Joshua has to take over, and he's the one that's going to actually bring them finally into the land that was promised to him. And this is where we, what we find going on. Here's Israel transitioning into, uh, like, here's, like, all their dreams are about to come true, but Moses is not there. You know, like, he's the one that God talked to. So here's the thing. This is what God says to Joshua, and we can certainly learn a lot about uh, how to get through this. Verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Certainly Joshua was intimidated um, and uh, obviously a little bit insecure and unsure of what was going to happen in order for God to address him this way. And so here's the guidance of God who's sovereign over everything, who knows what's ahead and knows all this kind of stuff, and he is speaking truth to Joshua. And the same truths apply to us, whether your family's transitioning or you personally or your spiritual life or our church or whatever, the same things apply so we're just gonna walk through the first couple of verses tonight. Do a few more next week. Kind of see what happens. Um, let's look again. At, look at verse two. Moses, my servant, is dead. <laughs> it's like a hilarious verse to me. You know, it's like first of all, it's kind of obvious. Second of all, it's kind of blunt. You know, like Moses is dead. Get over it, <laughs> you know? They, it says uh, right before this that they mourned him for 30 days. And and the, the thing is, God is not disrespecting Moses. He's not, um, you know, there, there's nothing, uh, you know, rude about that or whatever. He's stating the facts. Moses is dead. And he's speaking to Joshua. Maybe that's something that Joshua needed to hear, you know? Like maybe, um, maybe it's just that directness that sometimes... That we really need to hear, you know? Maybe to our church, God is saying, in this time of transition, um, this is not Park view. It's not going to be Park view. Maybe if your family is transitioning, uh, if, if, if your kid just graduated from high school, let's say maybe God's saying your kid graduated from high school. You know Your kid is now a teenager. Your kid is not two anymore, now they're, now they're, they're three. You know, your, your old job, isn't, that's not your job anymore. Maybe sometimes it's just that, that brutal honesty that that's what we need to hear for things to sink in of the reality of the fact that where we are today is different than where we were yesterday. That seems so simple, but yet so important. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. He's not really saying Moses is dead, don't ever think about him again, don't think about the old days. It's like, no, Moses is dead, now get up and go forward. I'm not saying forget your past, but you, you build on that past. You accept the reality of what's going on currently, and you're saying, okay, things are different today than they were. But it's not saying you look, don't look back at the past. It's like, no, no, you look back at the past, but accept the reality that, that you're in a different place in your life. Sometimes I think we, are, we have that, uh, that Al Bundy syndrome, you know, or like Uncle Rico, you know, we're always like, man, you know, Al Bundy was, a, he was on TV, his character, and all he ever talked about was how he played football for who? Polk High. How many touchdowns did he score in one game? Four. Uh, that, and, like, that's all he ever wanted to do, and sometimes he'd break out his, like, high school jersey, you know, and, like, the ball, you know, and stuff like that. And, like, almost every show seems like they reference his high school football career or Uncle Rico, and Napoleon Dynamite. Like, he's just, he lives with this regret, you know. Of he looks back and he's like, oh, I wish, I wish I knew then what I know now because I could, I could go pro, you know. Or I could be with my soulmate, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And um, I think there's that, that part of us that sometimes it's like we're refusing to move on. And so what God is telling Joshua is like, look, dude, Moses is dead. There's something bigger going on. Like, arise, go, move forward. Build on the past, but don't dwell on it. Don't hang on to it. Don't refuse to accept the fact that life moves forward and that moving forward is a good thing. It's always a good thing. Um, look at verse 3. There are really two things that that I, I think God's communicating here, and he just kind of reemphasizes it. And I apologize that um, these this is... The sermons brought to you by the letter P, um, because I don't usually like to. I'm not that guy, you know. The eight Ps of prayer or anything like that. But both of these start with P, and uh, it's in the scripture, and so um, just deal with it. Uh, verse three: Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the River Euphrates all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Look at the end of verse three. Just as I promised to Moses. See, the, the promises of God continue. He's saying to, to Joshua, okay, Moses is dead. Now you've got to get up and you've got to go forward because there's a promise that was made that's got to be ca- carried through. And you're going to be the one to do that. But if you don't accept the fact that Moses is dead and that you're going to be the one to take him in, then then we got a problem here because God's like, I made a promise a long time ago, and I'm the faithful one, and I'm going to carry it out, and it's going to be through you. So come on, let's go. It's that reminder that there is a promise at play. You know, there's a promise being fulfilled at the time. And see, for them, it was bringing them into the promised land. God had called it the promised land because it was promised. And so, you know, that was pretty crucial. For us, I mean, there are so many promises that that still exist. And so we have to recognize the fact that although our lives transition in different seasons and different ups and downs and different things, that there is a steadiness there of the promises of God being worked out in our lives. Now, you take take our church in, in transition. Um, there are, are many promises that God makes us through his word to his church, to his bride, that we can, can claim. So whether it's the promise that he will build his church, that, that he will be the one to build it, not us, or it's the promise that, that um, he's coming back to get his bride and that he is purifying her, and he was washing her and per- making her beautiful to present him to himself, uh, this pure and radiant bride. I mean, you know, maybe that's what we need to hear. Maybe the promises that, that connect to our church specifically, you know, the idea that it was God's plan to plant us and to start this work, and that he's going to be faithful to complete it, whatever the completion of that looks like. Um, and so, we may look at this transition as new location, new time, new parking, new, all these new things and all this kind of stuff. But when we look at it in connection to the promises of God, this is a part of his promise being fulfilled that he's made to the Ring Community Church specifically and also his church universally. So when we look at it from that perspective, we're like, oh, this is, this is the promise moving forward. And we could be like, man, our time at Parkview is dead. It was great. We loved it. We learned a lot. We would not be who we are without the time spent in that gym and that sanctuary. But you know what? That was then. This is now. We got to go forward as a church. I'll be honest. There's, um, there are there are things that I am fearful about. You know, as the pastor of this church, um, and this is a real. It's a real challenge for me sometimes. You know, especially like I. Um, I don't know how, like, I don't want to dwell here too long, but um, just a, as an example, um, we're, we're making a, a move physically over here. And when I look five years down the road and I'm talking to you and I'm listening to your conversations, it sounds like we made a move uh, here and yet most of you are not planning on living around here, you know, for a long time. We're already, like, pulling from Dental Springs and Prairieville and different places, but it sounds like that's just going to continue to happen. And so I'm like, okay, God, are you sure that we're supposed to, like, come into the city and our people are moving out of the city? I I don't get that. It doesn't make sense. And that's why God's like, yeah, but see, I'm the one who made the promise. I'm the—this is my plan. So you guys be faithful to move your church, and um, then everybody in your church be faithful to move where I tell them to move and just trust that because people move out of the city doesn't mean that your church is going to tank— You know, there's just all this stuff that's going on in my mind. And so as we transition, and I'm like, oh, whatever, I read these words that say, be strong and courageous. And I see what strength and courage look like. Because I look around at people who are like, man, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where we live, dude. Like, we're part of this church because we believe in the promises that God has handed to us and the things he's called us to do. So we we have to drive, we'll drive. You know, no big deal. It's got the interstate. Fifteen more years, we'll have a loop. You know, it'll be, it'll be awesome. You know, it'll be great. Um, those kind of, of concerns that I have, I have to put this to the test as the pastor, just that pastor side of me of do I believe that God is going to be faithful to carry out his promises or not? If I don't believe that, then I'm going to panic and I'm going to freak out. If I do believe that, then um, I can get up here and I can talk openly about it. So today, I believe in it. A couple of days, I might have a little nervous points, and I need you to be like, hey, go read Joshua 1 and uh, apply that to your life, please. Um, the promises of God in, in your own life, whether it's the fact that he said he would never leave us or forsake us, that he who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it, um, whether, um, whether it's those specific promises that you can go to a verse and you can read it, whether it's the things that you feel like he's put on your heart, um, the fact that you believe that he called you to be married to your spouse. And so, um, you know, that's how you, that's how you know that you're going to make it. You know? Because as your marriage transitions or your family transitions or, or whatever, you know that your marriage is going to survive because it's, it's, you are believing in the promises of God that he's made to you and not the fact that you kind of hit a rough patch this week, you know? Um, that's how you know if you're a college student and you're not sure about your future or you know, what to major in or whatever, that's when those promises are there of the fact that, that um, your life is not your own, it is, is his, and he's put his spirit in us to guide us and to teach us and to correct us. And so while you might not know what you're going to be when you grow up or what job to take or whatever, uh, you're believing that promise that his spirit lives in you those times when we question, like, am I really a Christian or am I not a Christian? We believe the promise that, that um, our heart of stone is now a heart of flesh and that he has written the, the new covenant on our hearts directly. We believe that he has gone ahead of us to prepare a place for us. You know, there's all those promises that are there. And so in those times of transition, and I'm, you, you may transition weeks at a time. You may transition 19 times during the day. You know, you might, your whole day might be this. It's those promises that keep us steady. Those are the things that we cling to. there's something bigger going on, and so what we do is um, circumstances change his he does not change his promises do not change so no matter what aspect of life is transitioning for you, the steadiness that is there is him so you you and I have it we, we can we can build our lives on circumstances and situations and you know how much we make and what we do for a living and you know all this kind of stuff and if our kids are well behaved or you know or whatever, or if we're a good athlete or we, we could build our lives on all these things or whatever and none of that stuff really matters when we build our lives on the wrong things it's just like Jesus said it's like building a house on sand it's not going to be very successful when our lives are built on the faithfulness of God to fulfill his promises then circumstances can change and life can get crazy and we're just it's not that we don't have bad days but it's like bottom line your heart is just steady So there's something bigger that's going on Um, we have to keep that in mind that's something that the Israelites and Joshua really had to keep in mind you know here he is he finds himself the leader of this deal God's almost like, look, you're not going to get bogged down in this stuff. There's something bigger going on. And so what's bigger going on trumps any sort of insecurity or unsureness that you have. So Moses is dead. Let's go forward. Because there's a promise at work. Look at verse 5. This is the second. Uh, P. no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. It's the presence of God, the promises of God, the presence of God. See, here's Joshua, who was Moses' right-hand man. He had watched um, God tell Moses what to do, Moses be obedient, and everything works out incredibly. He'd watch that and watch that and watch that. And now Moses is dead, and he's the one that's going to be receiving those orders. Can you imagine, like, how, like, all the stuff that was going on in his mind at that time? I'm sure he was like, Man, am I going to be able to discern the voice of God the way that Moses did? Because God seemed to, like, like, literally, like, talk to the dude. I don't hear him talk to me, you know? Or maybe I'm sure there's had to be all this comparison and all this insecurity and all this, you know, just whatever. And here's God just coldly reading his mail, you know, and just says, look, just like I was with Moses, I will be with you. Exactly the same way. The presence of God changes everything. Always. The presence of God ensures that the promises of God will be carried out in our lives. And so that's that's the thing. Church transition, guaranteed, guaranteed. Because God made a promise and God Himself shows up to fulfill it. He keeps His promises all the time. And He doesn't necessarily, you know, well, He doesn't send somebody else to do it, He does it. Maybe it's through somebody else. That's what he's saying. He's like, "Look, I'm going to be the one that actually brings them in. I'm just going to use you to like actually kind of do this, but it's my presence with you that's going to make it possible." You go through those transitions in your life. It's about recognizing the presence and the activity of God in those everyday things. And that's why we we've, we've got to pray. We've got to stay connected to God. You've got to get to the point where you're saying, God, I, want, I need you to show me where you are in this. This transition with our family or with job stuff or with being single at this time or with, you know, whatever it is. God, I need your presence. Um, the thing is, it's never that God's presence is not there. It's that a lot of times we're just so tapped out we don't recognize it. It's about coming to the Lord in prayer and saying, God, I need you to make me aware of your presence in a way that I am not aware right now. There's something weird about, you know, worship services where we're like, God, we invite you into this place. You know, and God's like, invite me? No, no, I let you come into my place. God's already in the place. It's not about inviting him in. It's about us getting a clue as to just how near he is, you know, huge difference and so as we're transitioning you know what's weird is that um, a lot of times when people are struggling through times of transition if you ask them all right when you're praying about it like what do you what do you sense God is doing and they'll be like you know what I haven't really been praying about it all right well there it is there's a problem When we connect to the presence of God, we're reminded of his faithfulness and his promises. And those times of transition, they're not fun. I mean, change, nobody likes change. We fear change. We resist it. We find ways to avoid it. But those promises of God backed up and enforced and carried out by the presence of God that will change the way we walk through those things. I don't know how this connects to your life. Um, You might be sitting there like, I ain't transitioning. My life's great. You know, whatever. There's one coming. Maybe you're struggling with our transition as a church. You know, you're just like, "I, I, I don't really know. Maybe you're going through so many transitions right now, you don't know how to handle it. You don't know what's going on. Maybe God's words to Joshua or what you needed to hear. But there is a promise at play. There's something bigger going on. And then his presence, he is all over your life. There's not one thing about your life that he has checked out on, that he's walking away from, that he has given up on. Um, maybe just asking him, make me aware of just how near you are. Maybe that's what needs to become your prayer. I, I don't know. But I know that his word is truth. And it fits into our lives, and it helps us to connect with His heart. What's going on? And so um, the band's gonna come up in a second. and They're gonna do another song or two. and We're just kind of let this sink in and just kind of respond. Um, we're gonna do this just like we do, well, just like we do, just like we did uh, at Parkview. Um, you respond as as you need to. Uh, you want to sing sing. If you want to stay seated and listen, do that. If you want to pray, you want to come down to the front, there's this big section down here. We never really had like a kneeling area type thing. If you want to do that, uh, that's fine. Um, We don't really do big altar call, come down times. Um, Just believe you respond as you feel you need to. Um, But when we're done, um, you know, life kind of starts back up again. So let's be responsible with the fact God's brought us here. Yeah, it's a little warm. Yeah, whatever. Uh, God's brought us here for a reason. So let's be responsible with these few minutes we have left and then uh, see what he wants to do in our lives. Let, let me pray for us. Father, um, you're good to us. You're much better to us. Um, we could ever earn on our own. And so we thank you that it is only your grace and your mercy that have uh, connected us to you. God, you know what everybody here is going through. You know the times of change and transition that everybody's facing individually, as families, as groups of friends, as a church. None of that catches you off guard. You've been involved way before we even knew that change was coming. And you'll see us through so these transitions are completed and a new ones start. God, help us to connect to the, the truths that you presented to Joshua, the steadiness of your presence. You are with us wherever we go. That you will not leave us. You will not forsake us. And that you have brought us into these times of transition as a means of keeping the promises that you've made to us. As you sovereignly guide our lives and control our planet. And keep everything together, God, I'm sure some here tonight these the changes they're going through are getting the better of them. God I just pray that tonight you speak to their li- into their lives and the ways that meet the needs that they have. Help us all, Father, in this time to be just attentive to you. Not to worry about what waits um, outside of this place for us tonight. Just to be focused and to listen. Will you, Father, in this time make us aware of your presence even more than we've already been made aware? And speak those promises to us. Remind us of those scriptures. Be the steadiness of life. Be the rock.